Welcome to the Battlestat Sports Podcast. This is beautiful. What is that, Velvet? Hosted by Nick Nino's Corner Battle. Damn right. Welcome to the Battlestat Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Nino's Corner Battle. Let's dig into these stats. But first off, guys, week one of the NFL is in the books. Um, as you guys know, I got my Battlestat number, so you'll definitely hear the BSN for Battlestat number. Let's go back over that. The BSN for a player measures a player's efficiency at their respective skill position. The BSN gives a numerical representation similar to a quarterback rating or QBR um, for offensive skill position. So for your tight ends, your wide receivers, and your running backs, it's a stat that I use to represent the offensive skill players valued upon an average player at their respective position. The higher the number, the better the overall score for the player. So let's dig into these uh, BSNs for respective players. So let's start with the running backs. Oh, side note, these numbers are going to change week by week. So guys that you thought we're going to be great that aren't ranked so so well now. Believe me, at the end of the season or towards the middle of the season, the guys that are going to be at the top who really aren't supposed to be at the top are going to regress down to the mean and cream's going to rise to the top. So your other guys who are really, really good will be at the top of that list. But as of right now, let's look at the running backs, guys. So I got it broken into two sections. I have um, running backs, the, the, the overall running back, um, you know, position where they have the carries and the receptions and guys who were um, who didn't have the actual receptions to to get a BSN total, uh, which calculates the BSN rushing and the BSN passing. Right. Well, I'm sorry, the BSN rushing and the BSN receiving. Um, so for the first week, it's running backs with at least two receptions and six carries get ranked. Um, for the overall BSN total for rushing and receiving. For guys who didn't have the two receptions, they're just going to be ranked amongst rushers. So let's break down these stats, look at the guys with at least two receptions and six carries for running backs. The top dog this week was Latavius Murray from the New Orleans Saints. Um, he only had 43 yards, but the guy had uh, uh, six carries. So he averaged over um, you know, seven yards a carry, one touchdown. He had two receptions for four yards. So his, his overall BSN total came out to be 84.14. Um, next guy in line, Christian McCaffrey. He had a monster game, guys, a hell of a game. 19 attempts, 128 yards, two touchdowns, 10 receptions, 81 yards. Uh, BSN total is 72.32. So just to give you guys just a little bit of a uh, background on this, this tracks how effective and how efficient these guys are based on their carry. So you're wondering why a guy like Christian McCaffrey is is actually below Murray. It's because Murray had a higher uh, average per per attempt. Um, his his touchdowns per attempt were, were better. Um, uh, so that's what it was for this week. But like I said, guys, when the season progresses and goes forward, you're going to see who's the more effective and most efficient. Anyways, number three in the list for the total running back number, uh, uh, Austin Eckler, uh from the Chargers, who is taking the place for Melvin Gordon since he is holding out. This guy had a monster game also. Uh, 12 uh, attempts, rushing, 58 yards, one touchdown, six receptions, 96 yards. You can't argue with that. Um with that kind of production. Uh, next guy in line, Dalvin Cook. Man, Dalvin's glad to see Dalvin back. 
Uh, he had a, he had 21 attempts, 111 yards, two touchdowns, two receptions, nine yards. Overall, BSN total 61.99. Came in at four. Uh, Austin Eckler, uh, his, his total was 64.85. I didn't tell you guys that you know, prior. And number five. Jordan Howard, uh, six attempts, 44 yards, two receptions, 11 yards, BSN total 46.54, came in at fifth. So guys to, to be on the lookout for that are, that are definitely going to move up here in the next few uh, weeks. Um, a guy like Alvin Kamara is going to move up a lot. Um, the reason why he is so low on this list, he came in at, at, at number 21. And it's because of the ball security that he had this past week. He had one fumble. Um, he, so he had 13, well, I'm sorry, 13 rushes for 97 yards, no touchdowns, seven receptions, 72 yards, no touchdowns. But his BSN total came out to be a 16.89. He came in at 21. Guy, that's a very low number, guys. But you got to look, it's the beginning of the season. He had one costly fumble, and that costly fumble brought down his number uh, uh, to number 21 on the list because of his fumble per attempt ratio. Now, like I said, once he gets into the season, has over 100 carries, and you say he only has one fumble over those 100 carries, that number is definitely going to regress to the top as it did last year. And if I'm not mistaken, he was one of our top two or three backs last year, uh, right behind Ty Gurley. Um, you know, some other guys that had some really good, uh, uh, starts of the season, Le'Veon Bell, 17 rushes, 60 yards, six receptions, 32 yards, one touchdown, 33.33 BSN total. Um, scroll down. Let's look at running backs as a whole for just rushing the ball. Latavius Murray again, averaging the 7.2 yards to carry and one touchdown here, 95.2 BSN rushing, very efficient. Mark Ingram was the next guy online for just rushing the ball, you know, you know, so like a minimum of uh, six carries. Uh, 14 rushes, 107 yards, two touchdowns, 7.6 yards a carry. Um, amazing. Came in at number two on the list. Malcolm Brown from the Rams, the backup running back for Ty Gurley. 11 uh, rushes, 53 yards, two touchdowns, 86.09 BSN rushing rate. Um, came in, he came in at three. Next guy was Christian McCaffrey, guys. 19 rushes, 128 yards, two touchdowns, 6.7 yards a carry, 77.11. BSN uh, rushing uh, tally at in at number four, and as we just uh, already said, Dalvin Cook, uh, you know, from Minnesota, twenty-one rushes, one hundred and eleven yards, two touchdowns, sixty-seven point two four BSN rushing rate. Came in at number five. Some guys that are going to move up this list, um, I guarantee you, Marlon Mack. He came in at number seven, twenty-five rushes, one hundred seventy-four yards, one touchdown, sixty-two point two eight BSN rushing. Very efficient, very effective. Uh, uh, back this week. Let's dig down to some more. Um, if we're looking at some guys who didn't grade out as high as you thought they were going to grade out, it's because a couple of them had, you know, some fumbles, like I said before. Uh, Saquon Barkley had a fumble, uh, so his fumbles per attempt is what brought his number down. He ended up coming in just on the rushing side of the house, uh, very low because of that fumble, but it's it's going to come back up, guys. It's going to regress to the minion, and he definitely will rise to the top. So, now, let's look at the wide receivers, guys. Wide receivers, the wide receiver rankings, uh, the top wide receiver this this week, week one power rankings for efficiency and effectiveness. Philip Dorsett uh, from the you know from the Patriots came in at the, as the number one ranked uh, receiver when it comes to being efficient. Uh, 113.25 BSN. Um, great game. Four receptions, four targets. 
so 100% completion percentage, 95 yards, 23.8 yards per catch, two touchdowns. Very efficient. Uh, very efficient game. Next guy on, on the list, DJ Sharp from Jacksonville. What a game. Four catches, four targets, 146 yards, one touchdown, 106.28 BSN score. Came in at number two. Number three, rookie Marquise Brown from Oklahoma. This guy has wheels, right? Five targets, four receptions. So a great catch percentage also. 147 yards, 36.8 yards per carry, two touchdowns, 102.95 BSN uh, total. Sammy Watkins was fourth on the list. Nine receptions, 11 targets, 198 yards, uh, 22 yards per reception. Guys, these are like video game numbers and three touchdowns. Uh, what a game for Sammy. Glad to see him back and glad to see him um, actually uh, healthy again because he is one of our better receivers in this league. Um, next guy on the list was Randall Cobb. Glad to see him healthy also. Uh, came over from uh, Green Bay now with the Cowboys. He had a hell of a game himself. Uh, five targets, four receptions, 69 yards, 17 yards of uh, a catch, one touchdown. Came in at number five. Um, now, what slows down some guys in this list are uh, drops. Drops um, uh, contribute to players having a lesser BSN number. Um, so, like, for instance, uh, John Ross uh, came, came in at number, let me see, what number did John Ross? Number 30. He had a pretty good game, though, guys. Um, very good game. 12 uh, targets, 7 receptions, 158 yards, 22.6 yards a, a catch, 2 touchdowns, but he had 2 drops also. So your drops per target and your drops per reception will definitely um, land you on the, bad list, on the bad list when it comes to being efficient as a wide receiver because the first thing you got to do is wide receivers catch the ball, right? Now, I have the wide receivers broken into two categories. I have a minimum of 40 of I'm sorry of four targets and a minimum of two targets because at the end of the season I want to have a minimum of uh, 50 targets um for uh for one group of receivers so this is like like your wide receivers 1A and then like your like your second receiver or like your 1B receiver is going to be those guys who have less than uh 50 targets so 49 targets and below but in, in that first group like I said Phil Versett led led everybody Deshaun Jackson Jesus Christ, the man, it's like it never gets old. Uh, you know, 10 targets, eight receptions, 154 yards, 19 yards per reception, two touchdowns. What a game. One guy who's balling out right now, who I think is going to have a monster season, Michael Gallup, seven receptions, seven targets, 158 yards, no touchdowns. That's what brought his BSN score down to 68.06, which is still an amazing score. Now, let's look at the second tier of receivers, guys. Second tier. Wide receivers, a minimum of two targets. Traquan Smith from New Orleans, uh, you know, two receptions, 26 yards, one touchdown. So in that second tier, he was a top guy with 106.91 BSN. Um, another guy, uh, James Ritchie from San Francisco, uh, one reception, 39 yards, and a touchdown. Very efficient game on, on two targets. Uh, Adam Thielen, three receptions, three targets, 43 yards, 14 yards of reception, uh, one touchdown, 85.48 uh, BSN. Um, so, you know, he came in at number three. Kenny Stills had a, had a really good game yesterday also for Houston um, in the loss to New Orleans, three receptions, thrown three targets for 37 yards, so only 12.3 yards per 
per catch, but he had that one touchdown. So, you know, if you can catch a touchdown every third play, you're, you're uh, very efficient. Um, and another guy who had a pretty good game, uh, Will Sneed. Will Sneed from Baltimore. Uh, two receptions, three targets, 41 yards, 20 yards per catch, one touchdown, 76.21 BSN, landing him at number five. So that's how the BSNs are broken into for wide receiver guys. We got the uh, two categories, basically your receiver one and your receiver two. Some of these guys on the receiver two list for the week, you know, for week one will definitely be on the receiver one list in, in the next coming weeks. It's just, you know, once uh, once the season progresses, you'll see these numbers come up for these players. All right. Last section. Let's look at the tight ends, guys. The tight ends. Delani Walker, if I'm not mistaken, was our top tight end for this week. Um, had a really good game. I did, you know, he's so good. I just forgot how big of a guy he was. Uh, you know, but yeah, so he, you know, all right, so tight ends, a minimum of two targets. Um, so I basically want to have a minimum of 32 targets for tight ends by the end of the year. Those are guys that I'm going to rank and stratify. You know, so Walker was the first guy uh, ranked. He was the highest ranked tight end from Tennessee, uh, 79.62 BSN, uh, five receptions on six targets, 55 yards, but two touchdowns, guys. You know, so if you can get two touchdowns every five catches, hey, you're doing something well. Um, Blake Jarn from Dallas. Way to go, Blake. Three receptions on three targets, 39 yards, 13 yards per catch, and one touchdown. Came in with a 73.06 BSN. Uh, Mark Andrews had a game, eight targets, eight receptions, 108 yards, one touchdown, uh, 69.31 BSN uh, at number three. Number four, TJ Hawkinson from Detroit. Man, he had a ballers game. Nine targets, six receptions on nine targets, 131 yards, 22 yards per catch, one touchdown, 53.77 BSN, came to number four. Number five, Tommy Sweeney from Buffalo. Two receptions, 35 yards, no touchdowns. Came in number five with a 53.4. But, you know, two receptions on two targets. Like I said, guys, you know, these numbers are going to regress to me. Some notable guys who had some really good games uh, who will rise to the top about, uh, you know, like by week three, I'm going to say Evan Ingram had a game, 11 receptions on 14 targets, 116 yards, one TD, uh, 47.94 BSN, weren't in that number eight. Uh, more guys who had great games. Austin Hooper from Atlanta. Hoop, baby. Nine targets, nine receptions, efficient, 77 yards, 39.02 was his BSN total. Uh, Jimmy Graham had a decent game. I won't mention that one too much. The numbers weren't outstanding. But you guys get a feel for this. So, so key things that go into these metrics. When I look at the tight ends, the wide receivers, and running backs, when it comes to receiving the ball, key things that I like to uh, – uh, having these metrics are the catch percentage for sure. The amount of times you're targeted and the amount of catches you have. All right. Uh, the guys who don't get as many targets, but catch at a higher rate are going to be more efficient or the guys who get a lot of targets and catch at a, at a higher rate are going to be more efficient. Like Michael Thomas usually is one of the most efficient wide receivers. Um, he's always catches balls almost in the 80 to 85%, um, you know, catch percentage, which is unheard of. He does it continuously. Um, um, I check in on the first downs, right? Uh, because to be efficient as a as a as a pass catcher, you need to be catching first downs. You know, it's it's one thing to to catch a nine yard pass, but if you need ten yards, you're not efficient. Punt. You know, it's if it's third and ten and you catch a nine yard pass and you're punting the ball, that's that's not efficient in my eyes. Uh, yards per target um, is it, another thing that I like to track. Um, 
you know, just to show uh, your, uh, you know, your ability to get to um, the first time marker and beyond and get the necessary amount of yards for you to get out and uh, keep the drive going on and, and TDs per target and also track drops too, you know, so a receiver with more drops, of course, it's not going to be as efficient as a receiver with no drops. You want that sure-handed guy. Um, so just a little insight on that. Next, we're going to go into one of my favorite portions of the show. You know, I am a, a University of Texas uh, graduate, so we're going to break it down and go into the Horns Corner now and look at the Texas versus LSU game that happened this Saturday. All right, guys, let's transition to the Horns Corner portion of the Battle Stats podcast. Um, and going um, with the Horns Corner, let's take a look at the uh, game recap for Texas versus LSU on Saturday. My God, this was one great game. Um, number nine, Texas versus number six, um, Tigers. Uh, there's nothing I could say about this game that didn't live up to the hype. Um, Texas posted 530 yards of offense. Um, LSU posted 573 yards of offense. Uh, this was a straight Big 12 slugfest, but ironically, it wasn't a Big 12 opponent uh, facing Texas. It was the mighty SEC. Um, this was a game of the ages when it came to quarterback. Joe Burrow had a flawless game. Sam Ellinger was almost flawless himself. Um, Sam passing for uh, what, what is it, 401 yards, and I think Burrow passed for 430 or so uh, yards or 471 yards, somewhere around there. So first off, let's talk about this LSU offense. Guys, this is a legit offense. I was very skeptical on this offense at first um, because they just played Georgia Southern. I didn't know how uh, Coach um, um, O would uh, you know, actually adjust when a team punched him in the mouth, but they stood the test uh, of time with this offense. Uh, they didn't go back to their old ways of just running the ball um, and lining up in our formation. LSU passed the ball first to open up the run, um, which is kind of magnificent when it comes to LSU. Um, they uh, ran the ball, if I'm not mistaken, I got the numbers here, 68% of the time or 65% of the time. Usually when it comes to LSU, it is the exact opposite. They're usually running 50 to 60% of the time, or I'm sorry, wrong, 60, 60 to 65% of the time and passing the ball around 35 to 40% of the time, but it was the direct opposite. Um, but first off, let's talk about this DBU thing, all right? I don't think either one of these schools have the right to call themselves DBU anymore Uh with Texas giving up 471 passing yards and LSU giving up 409 passing yards, you cannot call yourself DBU. Sorry. Stop it. It's not DBU anymore. You're, it is what it is. All right? So um, some key takeaways from the game. Uh, I think Texas uh, had two plays that were um, absolutely back-breaking for them. Uh, first off, everybody knows the fourth and one call on the goal line where – uh, Sam Ellinger threw the ball to running back uh, Keontae Ingram, and he dropped the pass, um, which ended up turning the ball over to LSU. Uh, that was a backbreaker. You can't leave points on the field when you're going against um, a top-flight team, especially LSU. And number two, it was third and 17. Third and 17, guys. And uh, into the fourth quarter, Texas had an opportunity to get the ball back, and what did they do? They gave up a 61-yard touchdown. Uh can't do that. 
uh, it increased lead to 12. Uh, LSU got a two-point conversion and get the lead up to 14. Uh, Texas did fight back to get the ball back, um, scored a touchdown, and had a chance to get that onside kick. They were not successful with the onside kick. However, you cannot give up a 61-yard touchdown on third and 17. Arr! Okay, enough of that. All right, let's dig into the stats, guys. All right, so let's look at the BSN offensive score, right? So you guys know BSN stands for battle stat number, attracts the effectiveness and the efficiency of a team, uh, either their offense or their defense. Let's, let's go into the offensive side of the ball now. So BSN offense, Texas posted an outstanding offensive score of 56.9, which is uh, 16.9 points above the NCAA average. Um, uh, it was an amazing game. Uh, it would have been a lot higher if they had got that touchdown that was dropped by Ingram. Um However, uh, the play didn't happen, but they still posted a 56.9 BSN offense. If I were to tell you that Sam Ellinger was going to pass the ball uh, for 400 yards, Texas was going to score 38 points, and they were going to post a BSN score of nearly 57 points, which is almost 17 points above the NCAA average, and it's in DKR, uh, you would have felt damn good about this and thought that Texas would have won the game. Um, However, for as good, for as good, as Sam Ellinger has played in that game. Um, LSU just played better, all right? LSU just played better, okay? LSU uh, posted a 68.6 BSN offense for the game, all right? Um, And them posting that 68.6 BSN offense for the game was extraordinary, all right, they had a first quarter BSN offense of, of, of I'm sorry, 45.9, uh, which was uh, almost compare. I mean, it was comparable to um, Texas 35.7. Uh, you know, it was 10 points higher. It was above the average, but the game was close. It was a three nothing net for the first quarter. The second quarter, they exploded in the in the last parts of that second quarter with a 67.8 BSN offense, um, propelled them to a 20 to uh, three. Uh, game at halftime um, in the third quarter uh, LSU posted a 64.3 BSN offense and then the mighty fourth quarter Lord have mercy these guys posted a 97.9 BSN offense composite score for the fourth quarter they moved the ball at will whenever and wherever and however they wanted to against the Texas defense Um LSU fans were excited and amazed because they've never seen their offense move the ball like this. Uh, They passed the ball, like I said, guys, around 65% of the time in this game with a 58% success rate, meaning almost 60%. So six out of 10 times they were dropping back and passing that ball. It was successful. You know, so these guys are amazing. They had a great game. Um, Bill Walsh had a uh, statement. Uh, you know, back in the 80s where he said the team that uh, has the uh, most explosive plays um, by at least one explosive play a game is usually a team that ends up winning that game and is uh, nearly 90% of the time. Um, LSU had 15 explosive plays. Texas had 13. And there was n- no explosive play greater than, like I you know, actually stated earlier, that 61-yard touchdown catch um, from Boro to Jefferson. Uh, that kind of ended the game right there but all not guys like i said skeptical on the lsu's new look offense but i'm a believer now guys 
Um, they are, uh, they've actually incorporated uh, a pass first offense. It's really a Big 12 offense, guys. It's a Big 12 offense. Uh, they stood the, toe, the uh, test. They went toe to toe with a Big 12 juggernaut, and the Big 12 stood toe to toe with an SEC juggernaut. These are, if if I got to say right now, these are probably two of the uh, the top uh, five to seven teams in the country. I think LSU might be the number one team in the country. They got the best resume so far. Um, but you got to give props where props due. LSU, congratulations on getting Joe Brady as your passing game coordinator from the New Orleans Saints, just right down the street in New Orleans. Um, he is the true definite. He is the true uh, difference maker in this game. He's the real MVP of this game, in the words of Kevin Durant. Now let's go into the BSN defense. Oh my God, both these teams were awful on defense, guys. Um, there's nothing much I can say about this. Uh, the the BSN defense average score for an NCAA defense is 45. Um, Texas posted uh, a 36.3 BSN defense. LSU posted a 40.1, both below the NCAA average. Um, Longhorns being uh, almost 10 points lower and LSU being almost five points lower. Um both teams uh, had had similar uh, defensive success rates per down um, on first down. Texas had 32.4% uh, success rate on first down. LSU, uh, 48.7. So they were a little bit successful, um, you know, basically um, explaining the lead that they had out of the first quarter. Uh, second quarter, both of them were abysmal, uh, around the same. Texas, 286 percent uh defenses defensive success rating in the second quarter lsu uh just a tad bit lower actually at 27.6 um third third down i'm sorry i said second quarter i'm sorry guys second down uh third down uh texas had a defensive success rate of 50 percent um lsu's was 46.7 fourth down is where it counted um texas had zero they had a non-ranking because LSU didn't actually go for it on fourth down. Texas went for it on fourth down. LSU had a 66.7% uh, success rating on fourth down. This is monumental. This was the game. This was in the first quarter on on uh, the goal line. The first one was a drop by Ingram, right? But Texas had a chance to right that wrong. Uh, the, the defense led by Joseph Asai got an interception. Uh, was it was three plays later. And Texas hit the ball again at the three-yard line, had four chances to punch the ball in, and LSU stopped them. So you got to give respect where respect's due. They stopped the Longhorn offense on the goal line uh, and not giving them an opportunity to score points. So that was the game changer on defense. You know, they, it was a one play on either end could have made the difference uh, on the defensive side of the ball. The one play on defense for the Longhorns was a 61-yard touchdown pass they gave up in the fourth quarter on on third and 17. That one play for defense for the for LSU was their opportunity to right their wrong when Ingram dropped the ball. Um, they were able to stop the Texas offense on the, the goal line after they got an interception um, to try to right their wrong by dropping the ball. LSU stuffed them. Um, good job for the Tigers. Now. Let's get into this quarterback comparison. That was a QB duel for the ages. Joe Burrow versus Sam Ellinger. And I said it the the uh, previous week. The winner of this game, if they had a great game, uh, this, this game might propel them to have a seat at the Heisman uh, table uh, as one of the finalists in New York City 
at the top of the year when it comes down to the Heisman voting and the the Heisman finalists. Both players had exceptional games, okay? Uh, Boro was the more efficient passing quarterback throughout the game, posted a 58-point, I'm sorry, 58% passing um, offensive success rating. Ellinger had a 44% uh, total, um, which was uh, 14 points less than Burrow. Burrow passed up. I mean, godly, he was very efficient. Um, but on the other end, Ellinger had to be the leading rusher for that team. He had to be the best rusher and the best passer. He was a more effective runner than Burrow. He, tall- he tallied a 62% offensive, offensive success uh, rushing rate uh, compared to Burrow's 40%. Um, but on a per down basis, Burrow was far superior than Elliger on first and second downs, uh, 64 and 60 percent rates, respectively, compared to Ellinger's 38 and 44 percent. However, on third down, Ellinger's success rate was far better than Burrow's, 58 percent to Burrow's 38 um, percent. But that number can be a little bit deceiving because when you look at Burrow's third down efficiency, uh, he didn't have to be great on third down. All right, because three of his five touchdowns came on first down. Uh, so that's why he was more successful on first down as opposed to third down, uh, because he was slinging that rock for uh, touchdowns on first down. And the one time he threw a touchdown on third down was in the fourth quarter on third and 17. I don't want to keep uh, bringing it up. Anyways, let's get into the battle stocks, okay? Battle stocks. A couple weeks ago, I posed a question. You know, my question was, uh, were the Big 12 defenses um, really that bad? Or were the Big 12 offenses just that good? Guys, I am going to say that the Big 12 offenses are that good. They are really that good. You take a look at what um, LSU did by incorporating the spread offense, which is very similar to what the Big 12 uses. I mean, that offense that LSU used was very similar to what you're going to see um, uh, for any game with Oklahoma or Texas or what have you. All right. LSU was just very good, guys. They were cooking with hot grease. Um, But those Big 12 offenses, those spread offenses are going to put up points and they're going to put up yards. All right, so look at this SEC defense for you know from LSU. They're returning eight starters from last season. Uh, four or five of those guys are going to get drafted this year. Um, Delpit is probably the best defender in the country. Uh, Stingley Jr., my God, he's going to be an amazing player. He's already good. Um, Rashad Lawrence is going to the league this year. He had a chance to go this past year, but he decided to come back. You know, you know, school. The Longhorns put thir- put up thirty eight points against this great defense that finished 25th in the nation last year. They put up more than 500 yards total offense against this team. All right. Um, LSU, let's be honest. They look like another big 12 school uh, against Texas. Just another big 12 school. I mean, they were able to run and put up, put up points and put up yards, but they look like a big 12 school. And I got a feeling guys, I got a feeling this is what we're going to see um, when it comes to um, uh, teams uh, who are going to incorporate the Big 12 and spread offenses within their within their offense. Look at the games last year. 
Oklahoma versus Alabama. Alabama had the 15 ranked defense in the country last year. Oklahoma put up almost 500 yards on them. Right. Um, Missouri faced Oklahoma State, if I'm not mistaken. It was Oklahoma State. Uh, they put up over 500 yards on them. Baylor faced Vanderbilt last year, put up almost 700 yards off in 668 yards. All right. Let's take it back. Uh, look at uh, Oklahoma versus Ohio State in 2017. Oklahoma put up over 500 yards on them, guys. Um, Iowa State versus Iowa in 2017. They put up almost 500 yards, 467 yards, if I'm not mistaken. All right. So I go to say this uh, because when these offenses evolve and are able to pass the ball and put up a lot of points and put up a lot of yardage, it's almost like defense hold on and just try to make a play. If you try to make one play, you might be able to win the game. Hopefully that one play is the one that matters. And hopefully it's late in the game when it does matters. These offenses from the big 12 are explosive. And you're going to see now with the SEC, if, LSU is able to do what they did against Texas in the first game against Georgia Southern against these SEC opponents and able to uh, uh, have an offense that is amazing like they've done these first two weeks and put up the kind of numbers and the video game numbers that they have. It's going to be amazing to see how they're going to hold up against the SEC defenses in their own conference, especially in the West. I am so looking forward to the LSU-Alabama game this year. Um, It's going to be amazing. Um, I'm so looking forward to them against everybody in the West and everybody. I, I just want to see the games, guys. This is going to be amazing. I want to see them go against AM. AM's defense didn't look that bad against Clemson. Their offense didn't look that good, but their defense didn't look that bad. It wasn't like a bad defensive game plan, but I but I they got some playmakers over there. Now I'm a Texas grab, but I, you know, but but you gotta get credit, you know, where credit's due. They got some playmakers over there. Um, but I I I just want to see LSU play. They are a very interesting team to watch. Um but going back to these uh, offenses again in the Big 12 and these spread offenses, you got to look at this, guys. Arizona Cardinals hired Cliff Kingsbury after he was fired from Texas Tech for being a below-average head coach. The guy was below 500 with Texas Tech. Couldn't feel the defense. His offense was good, but this guy got a head coaching job. Usually guys that just get coordinator jobs going to the NFL, they think so much of his offense that they gave him a head coaching job after being a horrible head coach in college. Um, But we got to see last night. They were down 18 points in the fourth quarter against the Detroit um, Lions. And his offense with Kyle Murray brought that team back to tie the game, going to overtime and end up tying the game. But, um, you know, it finishes a tie. But that offense is explosive. They were dead for the first three quarters. Once Cliff figured it out, they were able to – uh, uh, get that game tied and actually have the game tied to end the game. So these offenses can catch on fire in a in a in a, in a quick manner. I hope the SEC off I mean, the SEC defenses are going to be ready for this LSU offense because LSU looks legit, guys. I was very excited to the game. I was hoping for a different outcome. You know, I am a Texas grad. Hook them. I wanted them to win the game, but man, what a game! What a game! So. And saying all that, guys, I'm going to end this uh, podcast. Battle stats. Uh, podcast is, is is done for today. We concluded it with the horns corner section. Um, but any comments, questions, concerns, if you want, if you want me to do some you know some work and any kind of analysis for your teams or your players, uh, just hit me up on my website www.battlestatsports.com. Um, all of my social media handles are at bstatsports. 
Uh, and if you need to email me, it's uh, sports at gmail.com. Um, thank you for tuning in. Again, go visit the website. Listen to the podcast. Uh, appreciate it. Well, you're here for me uh, in week two of the NFL season, week three of college, and we'll go over um, the battle stat numbers for the NFL and college guys. Uh, battle stat out, out of 5,000.